Full Court Fits is The Ringer's new weekly NBA video series hosted by Big Waz, a.k.a. Wozni Lambre. Each week, we take you around the world of NBA fashion and share can't-miss style choices from your favorite players and keep you up to date on the latest news and releases in sneaker culture. Waz also talks to experts like Damian Lillard's personal stylists to give you behind-the-scenes looks at how the NBA's biggest stars choose their outfits. New episodes drop every Friday, so make sure you're subscribed to The Ringer's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash The Ringer so you never miss an episode. It's The Ringer NBA Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out Live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. And we're back. This is Logan Murdoch from the Real Ones podcast on KMEL. I'm here with Raja Bell, and we got the Mad Hooper here. Yeah, we're here with the Mad Hooper, and I think we're going to open it up for the audience to ask some questions to the Mad Hooper. Young lady, do you have a question for the Mad Hooper? Yeah, this is Sasha from St. Louis, and I just have a question for the Mad Hooper. Like, why are you so mad? I don't get it. Like, why are you so mad? Mmm, look, let me tell you why I'm mad, Logan. This is, look, this is Peter from New York calling by way of Los Angeles, and the disrespect on the Knicks is out of hand. How y'all quickly forgot about us. Let me tell you right now, Logan. Let me tell you right now. The Knicks would be in the Eastern Conference Finals if Trey Young wasn't doing his magic tricks hunting for fouls, okay? Let me tell you something right now, all right? Everybody wants to talk about the Nets. Everybody wants to talk about KD, Kyrie, Harden. You know what? You know what? That is not real New York. That is not how we play. All right? Let me tell you something about these New York Knicks. Let me tell you something about my man Randall. Let me tell you something about RJ. Let me tell you something about the vintage D-Rose, okay? We embody the spirit of New York, okay? If, if, mm, let me tell you something. We would have took out the, the we would have took out the Sixers like it was a hot girl on a date. We would have, Joe, we know, mm, we knew about Ben Simmons, all right? We already knew he was fake, okay? You see how the Hawks took him out? We would have done the same thing. You see, mm, you see how they still giving Trey Young all these calls? Look, look, all right, I'm off it. But let me tell you something right now. Next year, we're retooling. We don't even need Dame. We don't even need whoever star. The Knicks and Tibbs are going to take it to the rest of the East. And just like y'all doubted us last year, you will rule the day when the Knicks are on top. That's all I got to say. New York stand up. What's poppin'? Real ones. Logan Murdoch here. Raja Bell. Sasha Mack on the boards. Jomi maybe. A few. Who knows? Um, we are making our Real Ones debut on Real One. On, on, on... 
on Green Room. Raja, how you doing to be here, man? How you feeling being here, bro? It's fucking late. Like it's fucking twelve o'clock, man. I got I got shit to do in the morning, man. I'm not even gonna front. <laughs> like I'm not fucking front. Why am I? Like I ain't fronted a day in my life. I, it's fucking late, man. Are you upset because your son's lost us now? Are you on a scale of uh, one to ten? How are you upset? Because because listen, man, we were in a text earlier. You seemed like you were yeah. you were locked in and you were excited. You were going. The Suns were about to go to the finals, and now the Clippers have come back. Paul George balling out of control. Are you a little upset that your sons didn't seal the deal tonight? I'm a, I'm slightly upset. There's still a, a very good chance that we're in the finals. I mean, there's still a, a road that I can see for us to the finals. Paul George was great. Um, I thought the Clippers came out and did what you need to do when you're down 1-3. Um, kudos to T. Lou, like I've said before, adjustments and, and willingness to kind of think outside the box. Like, I got to give him a lot of credit. But yes, I'm a little salty that the Suns did not win tonight. But, you know, overall, um, you guys got me dealing with new like tech technology on the fly. Like it's it's twelve in the morning, dog. Like I mean, no, you're do- actually doing a lot pretty of shit good with this, on. man. You're doing pretty good with this, though, considering the circumstances. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't I expecting that. you to be this great. I didn't know you were going to have your profile already ready. You locked mm. in right now. I didn't know mm. you were ready. Yo, I thought we were going to have to do it on the fly. Good job, Roz. You out here yeah. in these streets. Kudos to me, dog. <laughs> Yo, man. But I do want to get to the, I want to get to your sons in a second, but I do want to get to the Clippers, particularly Paul George. 41 points, 13 rebounds, six assists. Now, we already know how we've been talking about Paul George on this program for the last year, since the inception of Real Ones. How did you feel about his performance tonight? It was one of those things where it was like, when Paul George had to take a breather in the fourth quarter, it was where is Paul George, and not in the the not in the negative way. It's like, yo, we need Paul George on the floor. He is killing. He went fifteen of twenty tonight. Are we seeing like Paul a new Paul George here? What is going on? What did you see tonight from him tonight? You know, tonight was interesting because early in the game, and you could hear it even over the broadcast. You had Van Gundy and and Mark Jackson calling for more Paul George. Um, but I thought he did a good job of kind of feeling his way through the game. Early in the game, Marcus Morris was getting off. You know, Boogie Cousins and Reggie Jackson were giving him buckets. And so he kind of sat back and kind of reserved his legs. And you know what I mean? Like, that's a long game to have to score from start to finish. Um, while you're getting that help, I think he did a really good job of kind of picking his his moments. You know, getting in, getting out. He had 11 in the first half. And then he did what you expect great players to do when when – and when the second half came around and it was it was time to put the saddle on his back, like he he carried the weight. Now it was interesting because he was cooking. Was that game, was it game one where him and D Book were just like going at it? Um I thought that sitting him to start the fourth kind of iced him. You know, and I made a comment yeah. on Twitter about, you know, the only person that could stop uh uh Palmdale P tonight was T Lou. But Tonight it was timely. It was good because he was he was looking a little gassed. He was starting to get it, you know, in his feelings about the calls. And I think sitting him down refreshed him just enough. So, you know, I thought it was a great performance, not just because he scored 41 and had, you know, 12 or whatever boards he had, but because he kind of picked his time um, and let his teammates help him. And then when he needed to, he he did the job that you expect a number one to do. How aggressive does a number one, a star player, need to be in a game like this where, you know, you're down 3-1, you don't, the season is on the line. What is what is what does a star player need to do and how much did Paul, you know, fill that void tonight? So yeah, a number it's a number one's game. Um and and so I think, you know, again, to to his credit, you you gotta kind of feel that out, right? Like 
if you come out and no one else is cooking, well, then you have to take the reins a lot earlier in that ball game, and then you have to hope, kind of a la Kevin Durant, that you have enough in the tank to carry it, you know, through the finish line. But if you're getting buckets early for from guys that are that are that are, uh, you know, in some instances like Boogie Cousins, are you're not used to getting that from, um, and it's enough to keep you guys afloat, keep you guys with the lead, then, you know, I think you can sit back. And and just trust that your game is nice enough to flip the switch when it when the time comes. And it was tonight. And look, Kevin Durant was brilliant. Like I'm not throwing any shade at KD. He just looked like he kind of maybe ran out of gas late in that game. You know, like he didn't have enough. He didn't have enough people getting buckets. And I think Paul George did a really good job of of kind of letting some of those guys have these otherworldly performances, or at least for for this series. I mean, Marcus Morris had more points in the first half than he had through like four games in the series. You know what I mean? Like while that's happening, a number one can kind of sit back and bide his time and just kind of keep banking that rest until it's his numbers called. And so I thought he did a great job of that tonight. How much credit do we need to give to T. Lou on this one, man? Because that's one of the the, the underlying storylines of this of this postseason, right? Because the Clippers have been probably the most resilient team of this postseason. You know, I know they've been maligned by yours truly, but. When I feel like whenever you see uh, a team that comes back and is as resilient as this team is in multiple series, I think that that comes down to players, but also comes down to coaching and the adjustments. What have you seen from from Ty Lue during this postseason and tonight? Um, T. T Lue is as good as there is in the game. But going back to the drawing board, reassessing what happened, watching that film, and coming out with a, a new a new fresh take. Um, you know, tonight it was the zone early in the game. Um, you know, defensively without Zubats, they went they went zone a bit, but you also saw offensively that there was a game plan to get that ball into the front court quickly. Patrick Beverly from the start of the game was pushing tempo, like almost, you know, almost in a laughing kind of joke. Like he was flying up the court uh, when the ball was taken out of bounds to get in the front court, just seeing if they could explore some early opportunities at the rim. You know, get out on the break. Um, and their mindset was hell bent on getting to the rim. Like you saw them, they it was fifty eight to thirty two, I think, points in the paint for the Clippers tonight. Like they were getting downhill at the rim. Um, and and those are adjustments that a coach makes. That's not just players saying, "Hey, this is what we're doing tonight." That's what that's what's on your board when you go into that game. Like these are our keys. They're bullet points that we need to focus on tonight. And so, you know, T lose, you know, as, as as good as anyone. And and. You know, you're without not not only Kawhi Leonard, who might be your best player, but you're without Ivanka Zubox tonight, who's been fantastic in this series. And I'm going to keep it a buck, Logan. Like, I, you know, I ride with the Suns, uh, but I've said this before. This could very easily be 3-2 right now. Very, yeah. very easily be 3-2. 3-2 three, two. Three, two, three, two with the Clippers up 3-2. With the Clippers up 3-2. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, a- yeah. absolutely. Like, that game was was in the bag. Um, it real talk in the bag. Like that's a game where I don't know what the percent chance of Phoenix pulling that out was, but it had to be below two. Yeah. And they got it done, you know? So, so yeah, T. Lou is awesome. I mean, he's getting a lot out of DeMarcus Cousins. You talked about with Zubac out. DeMarcus had 15 and two off the bench. You got Reggie Jackson, man. Reggie Jackson. Is he the best Jackson of all time? Is he, is he, I feel like, <laughs> At least for tonight, he is. At least for tonight. For tonight. He's the Tito best Jackson the for tonight. He's the best Jackson tonight. Yo, man, he was balling. He got himself some bread I, in this in this uh, this this offseason. He's for sure. I don't know if he's a franchise cornerstone. He played like one tonight and over the last few games. But 
plus 21 from the, on the court while he was on the floor. Makes timely shots. Been doing this all, all series, really. What is it about Reggie? Like, have you have you been around Reggie? And what is it about him that is just? I I I, I just. I don't know. I don't know. It, it seems like he's playing not out of his mind, but it seems like a more refined version of what he was in OKC, right? He's he's playing more within his role, and he's being what we like to call a superstar in your role. He is being exactly that right now, and he's being exactly what a team needs, and it's a bit of a refined version. What have you seen from Reggie? Reggie was a plus 21 tonight. Um, I see Reggie playing free. I see Reggie playing for someone who... Look, Reggie's, Reggie's been telling us for years that Reggie is a, a, a number one PG in this league. We're, we're the ones that don't listen. Like Reggie believes this. So this isn't anything new for Reggie. I, I went to a university of Miami, Boston college game, right? He went to BC, right? Yeah. Boston college game. Um, on the, on the, like, uh, all-star break. I don't know when Reggie was in college. Like I didn't know who was on either one of those damn teams, but I was at home in Miami. I ain't had shit to do. So I went down to Miami Hurricanes, Boston college game. And I shit you not. I sat in that gym with, with my family and I was like, who the hell is that? I was like, he's nice. You know what I mean? This was, I had no idea who they, but he popped off the page then because he's just got this supreme confidence about himself. And I think that's what you see playing out now. Like he's all, he's had it. But I talk about this a lot with coaches, the marriage between a player's confidence and a coach's confidence in a player um, mm. can really unlock some cool things. And I think you see that with, with Reggie right now. He's just doing what he told y'all he could do. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, I mean, Reggie is this as an evolved version of himself. And what is it like to feel like an evolved version? You know, he's a role player and I know you've played in a league. How, how much is it like when you... Uh, you know, when you're a rookie and you're kind of figuring things out through your first few years, you're trying to make a name in this league versus when, you know, you made all your bread and you're on the back end. You know, he's not on the back end of his career, but you get what I'm saying, right? Where he is more refined version. How does that feel when you get to that other side of it, right? When you know the game a lot more and you're still playing to all of your strengths. How how was how was that different than when you first get into the league, especially on in the postseason? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um and where do I, where do I start with that? That's layered, man. That's got a lot of stuff to it there, Logan. I mean, obviously, with the refinement comes a, a lot of understanding of what's going on out there, and with understanding of what's going on out there comes an ability to to operate in those spaces, right? When you're young, you're trying to figure it out on the fly. There's a lot of thinking that takes place while you're thinking. It's hard to it's hard to execute, you know. Like if you're thinking your way through a game. You know, chances are you're behind the play, at least mentally. And then if you are mentally, probably physically. Um, once that becomes muscle memory and you're in those moments, like that, it, it just becomes that much easier. You're just functioning, you know, um, you know, in, in the moment. You're not thinking about what's happening. You're playing the game. But I think, you know, with Reggie, there comes a, a level again of, of of security in who you are and 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 what you can do. Um and with that security comes a level of confidence, you know, and, and when that confidence um, in yourself, again, is echoed by a coach and then there's team success would be the third component in that, right? So you can, you're validated because I believe I'm this guy, coach believes I'm this guy, and we are successful with me being this guy. Um, that's a pretty cool thing because now you're empowered in that role, right? Like you feel like, yeah, this is my shit. I do this. You know what I mean? And 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 not only does coach trust me to do this, but the results say I'm supposed to do this, and therefore the rest of the team trusts this. I got it. 
Can you tell the game has slowed down for him a lot more than when he was when he was a rookie or when he was in that OKC time trying to prove himself so much? Do you think that it's he's just in a you can I, at least for me, I can see that he's in a different phase of his career. Do you see that in him? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I could see that. You know, I never I never watched Reggie like, you know, with the fine tooth comb like that. So if I'm keeping it a mm-hmm. buck, like I, I don't really know what I what I do know is when you're trying to prove yourself, that's a very, very precarious situation to be in right like it's almost like you're walking a a really thin line and and that energy that emotion that fuck youedness if you will to prove yourself can be really good on some nights but if you do it newest is a great word by the way thank you thank you i just coined that go ahead patent that ringer nba staff go ahead handle that show me um sasha uh but no if you if you cross that line logan with just a little bit too much energy you know, it could it could it could result in a catastrophe, right? Like you you could just be trying too hard, pressing. Basketball guys don't smile on you because you've you've become over the top in your quest to prove everyone wrong. Um, so that's that's kind of that 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 inconsistency that you get with 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 young players trying to prove something, right? Some nights it'll look great. Some nights it'll look like you know they're just trying too hard, right? Like they can't just relax and play their role, let the game come to them. And so there is maturity, and I do see him playing um, different in that regard. But if you know, I, I didn't break his game down when he was in OKC, so I won't be fair to him. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's three p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. I saw you talking about the flagrance. And I didn't I wasn't with you watching this game. I was not oh, with yo. you. But I saw the emoji you use, and I also like I know the face from seeing you on this podcast a lot. Let me paint this picture because you said this after um, Chris Paul made one of the wildest plays I've ever seen. Honestly, he <laughs> he jumped into Patrick Beverly, who was trying to go over a screen and he f- like did some sort of contortion and fell to the ground. And Pat Bev somehow got called for a flagrant Um First of all, I don't think that was a flagrant. And I'm by the look on your face right now, it does not look like a flagrant to you. What have you seen from these refs in the entirety of this postseason? And then what did you see on that play that made you call BS on that flagrant foul? I think the refs are doing a good job. They're just doing what they've been tasked to do. Um, this is this isn't a ref issue. This is an this is an NBA issue with with as as Jeff Van Gundy said on the broadcast tonight, the sissification of the NBA. It's ridiculous. Is everyone using everyone is just making them words tonight. Yeah, that's what he used. I but I loved it because I, I mean, again, I can be with the Suns tonight um and tell you in the same breath that that's not a fucking flagrant foul. All right. The man tried to get over a screen. He he he, you know, I, kudos to Chris Paul. He made a good call. He stopped short. On the other side of the screen, knew that 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 Patrick Beverly was going over. The momentum was going to carry him into him, but at at that point, you know, it's a foul. When Chris Paul like, and and it's a hell of an athletic play to go from like shooting a J to like completely going horizontal. He did in a the cartwheel. Air. 
Yes, and he's only, he's lucky that he landed on Patrick Beverly's foot because if Patrick Beverly's foot wasn't there, he might have had himself some nasty back spasms tonight trying to draw that foul. But it was not a flagrant foul. There was no intent there. There was no wind up. And it's it's it like I completely disagree. I, I'm for the first time in my life I'm with Steve fucking Javi on something. It was oh it was goodness. not it was not a flagrant foul. Like there Wait, was. Do we need to timestamp this? Hold on. It is nine oh two Pacific. Yeah, I'm and with Steve. And you are siding with a referee? I'm siding with Steve. It was not a flagrant foul. And I don't, I, I think Chris Paul did a great job of selling it. Um, I think there should have been free throws awarded on it. It's just not a flagrant. Is that the frustrating part of guarding Chris Paul, though? Because I'd imagine that shit gets in your head, right? When, like, even there was another play when he was getting the ball, it was inbounded to him. He saw a player, he saw a Clippers player coming into him, and then he just stops real quick to get a foul call. Like, is that – I feel like that just wears down on your, like, your breast just – and then he does that, and you're like mm. – is yeah. that what you're talking about with, like, the smarts of Chris Paul and why that can be very frustrating as a defender? It's a great question because my son was sitting with me. My 12-year-old was sitting with me on the couch when that happened, and he said, I hate – I hate that. And I said to him, I said, yeah, you hate it. Because it would make you mad, but it's actually a really heady play, right? That's His the team's point, in a bonus. Right? He sees somebody streaming down the sideline and he just steps in front and he takes the foul. It's like you can learn something from that. Like it is a it's a really heady play. But but you know, I, I've told you before, Chris Paul's not afraid to operate in the mud, so to speak. Like he has no problem being in the mud with you. In fact, and he wants to bring you in, like come here. Yeah. You, you come here with me. He actually plays. Yes, you're right. He plays in the mud. Um, it's just a very, very like refined. Um, uh, I don't even know high if it's mud. It, it feels like no, quicksand. It could it's be like quicksand. quicksand. Could be quicksand. But that's where yeah. he plays. That's where he operates. And all of those plays, you know, kind of illustrate that. But it is. It's. It's a really heady play. It's. It's what's frustrating about guarding him. Um, you know, and and I don't really know how I would guard people in, in today's NBA. I live, here's my frustration with refs. I don't mean to go back Let's to this, it, but right, here's, here's yeah, my overall go. frustration with refs. If that play is a flagrant foul with Chris Paul coming off of a screen and having his legs hit as he shoots the ball, right? As someone's trying to go over the screen. And then two plays later, Paul George has the ball at the top. Like he, he, he gets hit in the face. I, I don't know what happened to him on the play. And that wasn't a flagrant. I think he got a flagrant later in the quarter for somebody hitting him in the eye. But there was another play where Chris Paul was hit. I mean, not sorry. Um, um, uh, Palmdale P was hit in the face. Like you've got to be consistent. The lack of consistency is what always has bothered me about referees. It's not what, it's not the calls, you know, that, that, or the tenor of the game. It's just the lack of consistency. If it's one on, if it's on one end, it should be on the other end and it should be consistent across the game. You could call a looser game. You could call a tighter game, but it needs to be consistent. Word. Um, real quick thing before we get to the Suns. If y'all want to send a voicemail and potentially be a mad hooper one of these days, you can even call in right now on your other phone because I know y'all I know y'all got other phones up in here. Um, make sure y'all call up 510-469-0294 to be a, if you're a mad hooper, want to get something off your chest like Roger just did. Call that number, man. That is 510-469-0294. Um, let's talk about the um let's talk about your sons. Um, it's kind of funny, like 
you beat the Clippers. This happened. You you beat the Clippers when the, the last time the Suns played the Clippers. You were there. You hit big shots, all those things. Um, but the series before that, you yourself came down from a 3-1 lead. What is it like after this game, right, where you stave off elimination? Um, and you what is it like going into that next game, that game six afterwards, right, where you just need to get one? Is that the mindset just like, oh, we're going back home. We just need to get one. We need to just... We we need to figure. What do you what do you think um, is going through the minds of both the Clippers and the Suns right now? I can't say this enough. The complex. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. The complexion of a series changes so dramatically from game to game. So, you know, tonight, if you were the Suns, you felt like, all right, man, like we got a great shot to get this shit and close them out. But if we don't, we're still up three two. And it's all good. If you were the Clips, you were like, it, this is it. Like, we, we win or we go home, right? So that was the complexion tonight. Going into the next game, back in LA, the Phoenix Suns will be saying to themselves, we must handle our fucking business. We have to close this out. You're There's going to, it has to happen now. Now, yes, you have game seven at home, but no one wants to get to a game seven having been up 3-1, right? So there's an element of pressure that goes along with that. On the flip side, the Clippers are going to be like, hey, man, fuck it. Hey, we we got one. We get one more. These boys are going to be tight tonight. We're at home. This is house fucking money. Let's go. Let's just go out there and hoop. Now, I don't know how it plays out, but I just know the dynamics and the mental, you know, the mental approach for a team changes like, like it's like a roller coaster ride, Logan. Is the best way I could describe it. Like, you know, you're riding flat, everything's cool, and then before you know it, you're like dropping off a cliff, and then you're, you know, it's pretty crazy the way that happens. What's the one player? Uh, I'm going to give you three, three names: Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Aiden. Are those three people who needs to step up the most? Because they were all not very good tonight. Who? Which one of those needs to step up? in game six for the Suns to have a chance or win the game, not even have a chance, win the game. It's easy. We remember the segment we did when we, before pre-playoffs and we said who had to be the best role player on the Suns. You remember who we both said? DeAndre Aiden. And that's who's got to be big in game six. He's been great all series. He's been great all playoff long. Um, He's got to come up with more than 10. Like he's got to come up with more than 10. Now, Jay Crowder and Mikhail Bridges play well. That's icing on the cake, right? But if you get a performance from Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton plays well, you're going to win the game. And he's, he, you know, he's got to find that. I, I, he's a young player. These were the moments that we talked about with the Suns, right? Why, you know, people gave me all the shit in the world for saying, you know, they, I had him on the pretender list, and and I I was wrong. But the point is, these were the moments where where you know you've got relative inexperience there. How are you going to bounce back from having a subpar game? What are you going to do now? And and it remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. I think that also campaign wasn't good tonight. Um, you know, I know he was dealing with some injuries. Um, Mikael Bridges has been their guy, though. He's been that other role player. Um, what's your prediction on this one, man? What's, what's your prediction for game six, dude? <sighs> I know you're stressing right now. I, can, no. I saw it. I see it. I see it. Yeah, you can see the angst in my face. Correct. Hey, what happened? Or take me back for a second. I'm I'm a little fuzzy right now. Again, it is after midnight. Um, okay, okay, okay. What happened in Game Four? <laughs> Didn't I say Game Four was going to be? Uh, I said I can make a case for the Clippers winning it, but I thought the Suns would win. Right? Didn't I say that? You picked the no, but you no, you said that you picked the Suns, but it was more because 
we wanted to go to Phoenix. Hashtag real, one, real ones in Phoenix. Um, you said because you weren't going to bet against the Suns again was one of the biggest <laughs> things you said. You, it wasn't it wasn't because I think I picked the Clippers and right. you were like, I'm going Suns. I'm going. To, <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm going to take the Suns again, Logan. I'm going to double down on I'm going to double down on the Suns. Mm. Um, I just I mean, I don't know there. OK, you. You, you uh, Marcus Morris is looking a little shaky right now. Probably not going to do that. Again. Marcus Morris, Marcus Morris is probably not going to do that again, right? No disrespect or shade meant, but like, I don't, I don't know that he's done that this season. So it's going to be hard for me to put stock in him doing that again. Boogie could give you twelve to fifteen again. I'm, he could. He has stayed out of foul trouble though. Boogie has stayed out of foul trouble. Got to stay out of foul trouble. But I mean, you know, at some part of me is like, fuck it, man. Like, you got six fouls. Just go in there and be a bully. Just do that. Make a decision, Raja. Just do Come it. Come on, man. I told you. I'm going with the Suns. I told you that. Okay. You know what? I'm going with the Clippers. I'm going with the Clippers. <laughs> Bro, you can't. I'm going with the Clippers, man. The How Clippers, can you man. do that? How can you be the same guy that every time the Clippers get into play? <laughs> How can you do that? How can he be both? How's that even possible? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a fanship on this, bro. I don't. I don't, bro. I honestly, I'm doing it. I just want to see some. I just want to see some some wild shit happen, man. We need to see some good Trey. We're gonna get to this in a quick second. Trey Young's injured, man. I think that I think the Hawks might be done, bro. I just want to see some good. I want to see some drama in these playoffs, bro. All right, all right. I will. Hey, Wait, allow me to do what I do. I wouldn't be surprised. No, 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 I no, 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 no. Everybody in the chat rooms. Everybody in the chat rooms. Everybody on internets. He he picked the Suns. He picked the Suns. Ain't no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Oh, shit. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20 for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Hey, man, quickly, before we get to uh, to Jomi to get us the questions, uh, make sure you guys uh, put in your questions in the chat room. Jomi will get to them in a second. Um, I want to quickly, before we get to that, I want to preview a bit of the uh, the Bucks, the Bucks Hawks. Um, that is tomorrow night. What did you see from Milwaukee's defense that you did in uh, in Game Three that you didn't see in the first two games? What did you did you like what you saw and and what what, what was kind of the difference in the in the ser- in that in that Game Three for you? Um, 
I actually thought they took a, a, a step back defensively. Mm. I thought they took a step back defensively from game the, for the second half of game two to game three. I took the, I thought they took a step back. I thought they let Trey Young play in way too much space again. Um, he was cooking dessert. What I can't figure out, Logan, is whether they've taken. Do you remember when we had TD on Tim Duncan, and I yeah. asked him pointedly whether the Spurs approach when big they played flex. us? Yeah, big time. There you go. Um, what I asked him, I said, "Yo, was your approach to let Steve and Amari score?" and take the rest of us away, right? Now, he basically said that was the approach, right? We were going to let Steve and Amari play pick and roll. They took the rest of us away. And what I can't tell is if Milwaukee is employing that strategy with Trey Young. Like, look, we are going to really drop our big. And when you do that, Trey Young is going to get opportunities to shoot Jays if his man goes under, or if he goes over, he's going to have opportunities to hit floaters. But the big being back in the lane effectively takes away the lob to Capella and everyone else can kind of stay home on the shooters, right? So he's got to get 50-some points to beat you. Can you dig what I'm saying? I can't tell if that's the strategy or if they're just really executing really bad fucking pick-and-roll defense. I don't know. But that that seemed like a mini step back for me. The difference in the two games, Logan, was simple. It was Chris Middleton. Like Chris Middleton showed up and 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 did what he has been doing through most of the playoffs for the Bucks, and that was a that was enough Wait, hold on, to hold supplement. On. You made up a great point. You made up a great point. You got to bring up a great point. You're looking at me. You know what I'm about to say, Raja. It's about Chris Middleton. I apologize. I, I apologize. You know what I mean? I posted. You know he. You know. Shout out. Shout out to Chris Middleton, man. I hope he keeps it going. You know what I mean? Good job, Chris Middleton. I just, I just feel like I have to say because I was going so hard the other way against Chris, but I, I have to apologize every time he has a great game. I just feel like I, yeah, you know. But can I be? Can can I can I defend you for a second? Would you mind? I I don't know how I would. Okay, yeah, go well, ahead. Through the first two games, he wasn't great. Yeah, that's true. Through the first for, through the first two games, he wasn't great, and he sh- like he showed up in game three, and that was the difference. Do we think uh, Trey Young? Is going to be healthy enough for them to keep one to to win this series because the Hawks when 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 Trey is when Trey is healthy he's out here balling the the Hawks seem like they are in control of the series at every point when when he's when he's doing what he's doing is that going to affect them whether because he's questionable for for the next game but I believe he's going to play it's like he's going to play what do you do you think that the Hawks still have a chance with even him hobbled with him hobbled no yeah. No, mm. with them hobbled, no, they don't have a chance. There's not enough. They don't have enough firepower. Milwaukee's a better basketball team than than the Bucks. I, I, I mean, Milwaukee's a, Milwaukee's a better basketball team than the Hawks. I, I. Now, with him at the peak of his powers, I, you know, I would have to probably reassess my my take on on how tough it would be for the the Bucks to beat them. I do still think the Bucks win, but with him at the peak of his powers, it's proven. You know, that the way they're going to play that pick and roll and Bud seems stuck on doing it, that he's going to keep you at least close enough to give his team a chance to win down the stretch. But if he's hobbled, Logan, and he's looking, you know, 75% of that, NBA players at 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 80%, a guy of 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 Trey's stature, um, isn't going to be able to shake loose from Drew Holiday. Do you know what I'm saying? Like 85% of Trey isn't going to be able to shake loose from P.J. Tucker. You know, a hundred, uh, like ninety, whatever percentage he is from when he started training camp. Like, let's say that's ninety, ninety percent. That's proven to be good enough. But eighty, eighty, you know, seventy-five, eighty, eighty-five percent. I don't know that that's good enough to 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 op, 
to operate and shake those dudes. So, no. How upset were you to not see an adjustment on pick and roll coverages from the Bucks? On a scale of one to a scale of one to ten, how how upset were you? A ten, a a a, a ten plus ten. Like it's it's so annoying to me. It's so annoying. I just, I the funniest thing for me is to watch Shaq, Kenny, and and Chuck talk about it. Right? Because like Kenny and Chuck are with me. Like what the what? Like how in the hell are you just gonna let this man keep doing this? And 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 Shaq is forever defending the big who doesn't come up and play pick and roll because he didn't like to come up and play pick and roll, right? Like I played with him, so I know he don't want to be up there playing pick and roll. He wants to drop back and cover the rim. And I can dig it. I'm not saying it's it's wrong, but with the dude like Trey, you've got here's here's what has to happen. That game plan has to be executed to a T, Logan. So if I'm gonna say Logan gets all of the threes and floaters that he wants. Right then, the rest of my team must absolutely cut out all kickouts to Herder, John Collins, lobs to Capella, and Danilo Gallinari. All of that has to be cut out. If 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 I give you all of the floaters you want and threes you want, and I miss my assignment with the rest of those dudes, that's just enough to get me beat. Mm. So I'm of the school of thought that I fuck that. I know what Trey. I know Trey Young could give me fifty. He just did it. John Collins, try to get 45. Danilo, get 30 if you can do it. Like, that's my school of thought. But, I mean, there are different ways to skin a cat. Yeah. We'll see what happens. With that being said, who wins? I said Bucks. I didn't tell you that. Bucks and five. Bucks and five. Um, all right, now. It's time. It's time to get to your questions, people. Um, let's get our CMO in here. Jeremy Joan. What's cracking? What's cracking, man? Um, what we got, man? How's, how's the chat doing? Chat's on fire. What, 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 what they saying in the chat? What, what's going on? We got some questions. We got one question from Ryan Watanabe. Mm. He wants to, you know, PG had a great game tonight, 41 and 13. Who can guard PG on the Suns? It feels like they should have put Torrey Craig on him. It's mm. a good question. Um, I think the person best suited to guard PG is, is Mikael Bridges. Like He's an excellent young defender. He's long, um, athletic. He's got great hands and feet. Uh, I think he would be your best bet to guard him and maybe followed up by an appearance, you know, by Torrey Craig. But that that's that's where I would go with him. I Devin Book, you don't want Devin Booker having to guard him. Uh, that's that's you don't want that for a lot of reasons. Um, so that would that'd be where I went. I'd go with Mikhail Bridges as well. I just think, you know, there's only, you know, there's one superstar for the Clippers is out. Might as well just put your best defender on their best wing player. Seems like the, seems like the right thing to do. So I'll go McElbert as well. Mm-hmm. What else we got, dog? After everybody asking if I can go back to Palmdale in the chat, the answer is no. I'm just gonna <laughs> be really clear about that. Just, just you're nah. not going to back to Palmdale. I'm not going back to Palmdale. It's not a thing. Not ever. Gas five dollars, bro. What you mean? What I'm not you doing mean, it. man? What you mean? I can't you're do it. Like we, you act like the real ones didn't put money in your gas tank. But it's cool. Go man. ahead. What was the next one? You try. All right, then say less. Um, Kiki Boyle <laughs> wants to know. Have the Clippers played the best basketball in the playoffs so far? Are they the best team left? The Clippers? The yeah. team that's down 3-2? Hey, listen, I just asked a question. Kiki asked the a question. The, the team that can't handle their responsibilities as a motherfucking organization? The Clippers? <laughs> <laughs> no, they are not. 
Como. <laughs> no, oh. I don't even know where to go. I there's yes, I've uh, Kiki. I thank you, so, but thank mm, you, bro. But Logan's no. got that covered. Yes, yeah, we're good. From Guhan Saw, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. What are the chances any of these four teams repeat as champions next year if they win? If they win, mm. uh, I think, I think. Rogers Phoenix Suns have a better chance of repeating than the Clippers do if they win at all. I do. I do. I think that this is an up-and-coming team. You still have, you know, you got the Lakers coming back. You do have the Clippers coming back. But um, I think a team that's more most poised, if they do it, I'd be scared of the of the Suns just because they do have a budding superstar who is a who is only going to get better with time. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with your Suns, Roger. What do you think? Um, I like that pick. Um I bet you do like that pick. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I do. But I would also, I would throw Milwaukee in the mix. And I know that, I know Brooklyn's going to be loaded next year again, but I would throw them in there as another team that I, I think the Hawks could, could mess around and be like a seven seed, six seed next, next year? year. Yeah. The Hawks, yeah. you acting like the Hawks, they're going to the I mean, no disrespect. Could- I mean, no disrespect. I just, I I could I could see that right like they played great this year they deserve to be where they're at I just could see that happening to a team like that next year like they're early I think to the to the dance mm, okay for sure all right next question from Sports Card Geo what's up Geo when does is? when does the PG narrative finally change does he need a ring to get respect I think if he wins this series. I mean, even I don't think he needs to win a title this year for that shit to change. If he wins this series down 3-1, I think they'll subside, Roger. I've been putting respect on Paul George's name, man. Paul George can hoop. Um, so no, he don't need to get a ring. Like you pe- people who know, know. And not everyone plays the game the same way. Not everyone's built the same way up top. And so just because aesthetically you like to watch one dude do it, um, doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to appreciate the way someone else does it. Like PG is a is a baller, man. You see the buckets? Did you see that shit? Did you see him in his bag at the top I of the key, it. like busting yeah. them at he was busting ass tonight? In an like, elimination game, come Paul on, man. George only missed five shots. Come on, bro. Only missed Stop. five shots on the road. Did you you know what I knew he when his was in his bag? It had nothing to do with the offensive end. It was a rebound going over towards the Sun bench. And Money swooped in with, like, the one hand and cupped that shit. Like, one hand and, like, yeah, I'm in the building. So, I yes, nah, he don't need to win no chip. Like, he, he gets respect. Oh, yeah, somebody who has never disrespected Paul George on any platform, whether it be social media or podcasts. I, I agree. Wait, wait, wait. I have a, I have a question. I, have, I, I see a question in the chat right now. It's from, um, who's that? Is that, um, is that Murdoch Logan from... Oakland? Um, he has a question for Jomi. Um, Jomi, um, <laughs> did you have anything to do with the tweet that was put on the Ringer NBA feeds comparing Paul George to Michael Jordan, saying he might be better than that man? I just wanted to know. We can get back to the questions. That was just that was just a question. That's actually that I a great question you asked. Um, we get a lot of these questions that like, there's a lot of people who have the passwords to those accounts. You know, I'm not the only person on social team. So it really could be anybody. You know, there's a lot of people at the at the Ringer social team. So you can take it up with my boss uh, next time you see him. But really, you know, I, I have no way of knowing. There's no way of knowing who sent that Michael Jordan, you know, Paul George tweet. I, I just, we just can't know. So get back to the, the questions. Uh, <laughs> this one comes from Cole. This is actually a great question from Cole. Is Aiton's subpar night due to being forced 
to the perimeter without Zubak on the floor. How can the Suns adjust in game six? Mm. 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 That's a great question. I, I did think that the small ball kind of threw him for for a loop a little bit. Um, kind of takes you out of your comfort zone. How they would adjust to that. Uh, you know, I think the way you do that is to start on the offensive end. Defensively, he's going to have to guard. If he's if they're going to be small, he's going to have to just go out and guard perimeter. Like that's going to have to happen. But I think you get him involved early offensively with some pick and roll, get him rolling to the rim. There's nobody there as a real true deterrent at the rim for him in that starting lineup. Maybe, maybe even post him. I got called out on Twitter for being old. They said, oh, I was old because I asked for someone to get posted up a couple of times. Jesus Christ, Lord forbid someone posts up once in a while. Um, but something like that, get him going, get him in the flow offensively um, and see if that might carry over to the defensive end. Mm. All right, let's go two more questions and we out of here. For sure. From David Ferber, would you rather have Paul George or Chris Middleton? Ooh. That's good. That's Ooh. Shout out, David. That's nice. Logan. Depending on the t- ah, I'm going to go with thing. Paul George. I'm going to go with Paul George. I'm going to go with Paul George, bro. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I, there's just, not even a question. It, we we made just, a look, but there's not a question, bro. I'm going with Paul George. apologize to Chris Middleton, man. That's fine. That's fine. I'm still going with Paul George. Listen, in an elimination game with these stakes, I didn't see Chris Middleton only miss five shots and score 41 points and grab 13 rebounds. I haven't seen it yet. I just haven't seen it. Who, wait, with that being said, because you put me under pressure, Raja, who would you pick? Who would you pick? Oh, that's easy, dog. I'm taking Paul George. Then why are you? Okay. <laughs> Next, last question. So last, qu- last question from Matt Singh. If the Clippers somehow win the title, should the Clippers hang a jersey with Jomi's name in the rafters? I'm just going to go ahead and say absolutely not. I don't want my jersey in Clippers red or whatever colors that they wear. That's just going to be a no for me. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, hell yes, um, (laughs) one. And you should give him a ring. And matter of fact, you might as well give him a statue right next to Wayne Gretzky on the uh, Staples Center Plaza with a Clippers jersey. How about this, though? How about this? If the Clippers win a title, real ones, I'll fly out. Logan, you can meet me. We'll all go out to Palmdale. Right. <laughs> and we're gonna yes. set, we'll all go to Palmdale and we'll, we'll all set up Palmdale. a fucking booth with yes. Jomi and that motherfucker as like a Palmdale hater and they can like dunk him in like it's a gonna water. be a city hall yeah some shit we just have a yo we a might need to dunk lake. all of our asses in water because it's gonna be hot as fuck in Palmdale <laughs> it's gonna be hella hot don't build me a statue don't hang my jersey reference I will need a ring these these college student loans don't pay off themselves so mm. we don't get that the Pawn Stars dudes and we're gonna be straight. You know? Mm. That's the that's the goal. Mm. That's hey the yo, goal. that stands stands though. If y'all if the Clippers win, we all go into Palmdale. We're going to Palmdale. Let's do okay, it. Let's go. Let's do it. All right, man. That has been another edition of the Real Ones Podcast, the Monday late night edition. I know it's late night because Raja keeps reminding us. Um <laughs> <laughs> make sure you check us out <laughs> every Monday and Thursday. Make sure you check out our other feed too. Make sure you check out group chat. Make sure you check out mismatch. Make out you check. Make sure you check out the answer. Make sure you check out Black Girl Songbook with who? Raja Bell, town legend, Miss Danielle Smith. Make sure you check out R two C two with who? Raja Bell. That's Phileo legend, man. CC Sabathia. You can check out the Ringer Music Show. With my guy, Charles Holmes. Also, I made an appearance talking about the Tyler Creator album. And you can also check out 
rewatchables. We just did Boys in the Hood. After you guys finish this, you guys can go over and listen to rewatchables. Me, Van Lathan, Bill Simmons, and Sean Fennessy all did a rewatchables on Boys in the Hood. Make sure you check out Ringer NBA on all social media. We will see you guys on Thursday. Hop.